0: and welcome back to another episode of Locked in a Podcast. I'm your host Alex Suter, and today we have a general update episode about what we've been up to. We've been extremely busy lately and I'm excited to share all the juicy details with you. So first off this year we were building Return to the Tomb over at the Panicrum Harlow. Now some of you might have remembered us having the tomb before so the tomb was actually an older room uh, back in the Panagram Harlow, but we decided that we weren't happy with it and we closed it down during COVID. Now, we decided with all of the new knowledge that we've got and a little bit of pizzazz, we decided to make return to the tomb. We wanted a full adventure-like experience, not your typical type of escape room. We wanted to be kind of similar to a crystal maze, very interactive and very fun. And ultimately, I'm glad to say that that's what we ended up with. Now, i wanted to make it as magical as possible with all the different compartments opening secret entrances and all of that jazz we wanted to make sure that we step up our game a little bit so this was actually our first experience uh, built using the cog software and i have to say we're extremely impressed with its capabilities it's ultimately, it's helped us create a more interactive and immersive adventure for the players uh, and we're definitely looking forward to using it on pretty much every single one of our future rooms. By using COGS, it allowed us to easily set up all the different scenes, set up little unique sound effects that happen at which exactly the point where a player solves something, really making it feel like there's real player feedback as they're exploring the room and completing the puzzles which ultimately makes for a more exciting experience. And that's what we managed to deliver. It did take a while, mind you. We had to spend about three months building Return to the Tomb. It took a long time, but it was definitely worth it. The final product was something that we were truly proud with uh, and definitely a big step up from the original Tomb. A little extra fun thing for those who like the little details, there are a total of five The Mummy Easter Eggs hidden in Return to the Tomb. So if you do play it, Feel free to reach out to us and see if you found all five. Unfortunately, while this was happening, we had some sad news. Um, We had to leave our first ever building at Berkeley Crescent in Gravesend due to the flooding of Old Father Time. Um, We could only run on two rooms from that location and over the years, we simply outgrew the building. And for those that didn't know about the flooding, unfortunately, there was an issue where some roots uh, managed to somehow grow through some pipes uh, and go through the concrete down into the basement below, which ultimately meant that all of the water that was going through um, going through a pipe uh, ended up going straight into the basement and ruining the entirety of the wall features. Um, We quickly had some lovely mould and some mushrooms growing uh, down now. Usually, Old Father Time is used to having mushrooms in the room. However, uh, not quite that type of mushroom, unfortunately. Um, Ultimately, it meant that the room had to be completely closed and it was honestly a devastating loss. Uh, It's a room that was very close to us um, and inspired by our love for the Efteling theme park in the Netherlands. Um, And it was just sad to see it go and I think a lot of the customers um, and guests and even owners um, were quite sad to see it go as well as it was quite a quite different and different magical fairy tale room Um, but I'm sure it will find its way um, back at some point I'm sure. Also in that building, we had the Don. So the Don was our oldest room at this point. Uh, we opened it way back in July 2016. So you know it had done nearly seven years, and it, you know it was its time to it was its time to pass. Um, but we were very very happy with it, and ultimately um, we will also be sad to see it go. Uh, another room that went was, unfortunately, Resurgency. Um, is not so much of an older room. However, unfortunately, because the Dom was going and because Old Father Time was going, unfortunately, Resurgency is now in storage, waiting for its moment to shine later in the future, maybe. You never know. I'm sure our Games Master Cameron will be very happy to hear that. Getting rid of Berkeley Crescent, it was a, an emotional farewell, um, as it's where we all really started for us, all the way back in 2016. But it's great to see where we are now and so we're just focusing on the future and of course with the way that we time things while we were getting out of that previous building we were actually already working on a new room at exactly the same time so we were working on the don's revenge a sequel of sorts uh, to the original don really kind of bringing our original ideas as well as new ones, to be able to create something truly special in the name of the Don. With the Don's Revenge, we actually completely reworked the space, which had previously hosted three different games since we've been in that building, including North Pole Panic, Revolution Olay, which I dearly miss, uh, and North Pole Panic 2. But this time, we actually managed to use even more of the space um, that was available in the building, so it meant the total room size was even larger than ever before. Another thing was that we took inspiration from our Al Capone's speakeasy escape room that we have over at the Panic Room Niagara Falls over in New York. We wanted to create something different though, something elevated, fun and interactive with special effects, automations and cool spaces to explore. It was also our second room using the COG software uh, which made it an absolute joy to create. Uh, We managed to create some really fun interactions that made the room come to life. Uh, It also made the room a lot easier to teach to our games masters, which meant that when it was done, there was a bit of pressure taken off of us as we were honestly just exhausted at that point. Um, The COG software really kind of helped us to take it to a new level. We were able to incorporate the extra special effects and automations uh, that we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. This ultimately adds a whole new level of immersion to the experience. Overall, the Dons Revenge was a massive success. We're incredibly proud of what we were able to achieve the feedback from players has been amazing and we're so grateful for all of the support so if you haven't had a chance to check it out make sure that you book a spot in Um, i really recommend it it's really nice it's something different it's old school panic with uh, with something new now of course we don't stop so we kept on going and doing more exciting things so speaking of development um, we actually started uh, working on and renovating Uh, the Don't Panic store even further, to now host a board game cafe. Um, Yep, that's right, Uh, so we expanded to have a board game cafe with over 300 games to choose from. We love board games and wanted to create a fun, bright and welcoming environment for anyone to play. It was quite a challenge to rework all the shelves and get all the products in the right place to make sure that we could still have both the shop and the cafe in equal parts. But we managed to do it and we're thrilled with the results. Plus, speaking of renovations, we also completely reworked some of the shop space even more and moved our customer service office in order to create whodunit hotel homicide, a murder mystery escape room experience. Now, this is a bit different from a normal escape room because the deduction elements really add a different layer, which makes it more exciting, interesting and plus I just love a Done It, honestly. Uh, So instead of just solving puzzles to escape, you also have to figure out who the murderer was. You know, their motive, how they did it. It adds a whole new level of challenge and excitement to the experience. So it's not just working out codes, it's really working out who done it. And with all of this expansion within the store, we hope that all the new people coming to play the escape room also get a chance to browse the store and even stop by for a session at the board game cafe to really enjoy all the shop has to offer. Okay, so at this point you must be thinking, free escape rooms by June, that's not bad. However, of course, not enough for the panic room. So next, we started working on another escape game for the store to replace our Castle of Memories experience. Uh, We made Gold Rush, uh, something a bit more old school, a little bit more padlocked based, and a lot of fun. The escape games that we've been working on in the store have worked a little bit differently to our escape rooms, and largely they come at a different cost all of the games themselves are all automated so they run by themselves other than the reset of course but it does mean that we can offer those new exciting uh, and different experiences at a lower price point um, for people so one of the things that we've been conscious about is that especially during the cost of living crisis is that some people may be priced out of doing escape rooms completely um, and so we want to make sure that especially in gravesend that we're offering exciting experiences for families to come and play without completely breaking the bank. So it means rather than dropping 100 quid for a family uh, experience for 60 minutes, they're only dropping 50. And with Gold Rush open and completed, of course, our attention turned back to our family entertainment center. We love a good bit of horror, and so we created a brand new escape room, Seven Sins, centered around a deranged serial killer, Dante, The game essentially consists of the players having to solve a puzzle that matches each of the seven sins and ultimately earn their freedom rather than being trapped forever. This was yet another room made with cogs which allowed for some fantastic special effects and automations which allowed us to make some really cool stuff happen while people are playing and maybe make them jump a little bit. Even though the core of the game was based on technology, we also wanted to make sure that there was a lot of traditional padlocks and old school escape room style gameplay. This meant that there was something for everyone, so it would be something that would really tick the boxes for any new players, however it's something that any experienced players would also love and enjoy. We hope at least. We managed to get Seven Sins open just in time for summer, and so far it has been very, very popular. Seven Sins is our fifth horror room, and certainly seems that horror is the most popular of themes amongst our guests. However, don't worry, if you're not a fan of horror, we'll continue making lots of other exciting types of escape rooms. And now to wrap it all up for the final iteration of what the hell we've been up to. We finally just opened our Mad Hitters Tea Party, uh, Alice in Wonderland themed mini golf course. Uh, It was so much fun creating this and again like we we've really been enjoying the entertainment center and the different options that it can open so we don't just do escape rooms now Uh, we do everything that entertainment says on the tin uh, and doing something classic like mini golf. Um, was really a lot of fun to do and especially work with some of the whimsical decoration and painting, uh, which largely Monique painstakingly painted each and every different board um, on the mini golf courses, uh, which was an absolute pain, but I think worthwhile in the end. So what are we up to next? Well, I'll tell you more about that next episode because we have some exciting updates for you. But for now, let's head for the return of a previously popular segment on an earlier episode of the podcast, uh, looking into some Am I the A-hole threads about escape rooms on Reddit. So we have our first one now, and it goes a little something like this. Am I the asshole for no longer inviting my girlfriend to the escape room with my friends? My friends and I, 25 male, often go to the escape rooms in our city for fun like every two or three weeks or so. At first, it was just us. Then one guy asked if he could invite his girlfriend. We said sure, and she seemed cool. Everything was good. I started dating Beth, 24F, about seven months ago, and she showed some interest in going to the escape rooms with us. So, I checked with the other guys and invited her along. And this is where the problem started. All of us Four guys, counting me plus my friend's girlfriend, are pretty evenly matched when it comes to figuring out the puzzles. We all find it fun to put our heads together and figure it out, but my girlfriend is considerably better at it than the rest of us. Which is great and all, but she is starting to do all of the puzzles basically by herself. She was having a good time, but the rest of us weren't. We were basically standing there watching her do puzzles while trying to get a solution in edgewise. This happened twice. Then my friends said they really didn't want her there anymore. I asked to talk to her first and then I told her what they said and asked if she could just sit back and give us all a chance to solve some of the puzzles too. Then we invited her along again and it was the same thing. We got to solve the first couple of puzzles together and then she just stepped in and did the rest herself. My friends were pretty unhappy and I honestly didn't have a very good time either. She was the only one having fun. She's still invited to everything else we do, but I told her that we weren't having fun with her doing all the puzzles like that. She's mad at me and I honestly don't know what to do. I don't want to hurt her, but I also don't want to forego something that's important to me for a new relationship. So, what do you all think is the poster the asshole for no longer inviting his girlfriend to the escape room with his friends? I mean, I think this is a tricky situation. On the one hand, it's great that his girlfriend is so good at solving the puzzles, and it shows she's really engaged and enjoying the experience. But on the other hand, escape rooms are a group activity, and it's important for everyone to feel involved and have a chance to contribute. It sounds like the poster and his friends tried to communicate their feelings to the girlfriend and ask her to take a step back for a bit, but it didn't really work. In my opinion, it's important for everyone in the group to be mindful of other players and make sure everyone is having a good time. If one person is dominating the game and solving all of the puzzles themselves, it can really take away from the experience for the other players. I think the poster did the right thing by communicating his feelings to his girlfriend and trying to find a solution that would work for everyone. It's unfortunate that it didn't work out, but I don't think that necessarily makes him the asshole. And of course I can't resist doing just one more. So here's another am I the asshole? Post goes like this. Am I the asshole for not bringing my sister to an escape room? Our story begins on Wednesday when my friend Kirk, 25M, told me, 23F, and Gregory 25M that on Sunday, he will need to cancel our plans as he had to drop off a family friend at an airport two hours away from our city, meaning that Gregory and my Sunday was now open. A note, we tried to make plans with Kirk and Avery 27F to go on a hike, but Avery let us know the previous week that she had friends coming into town, so couldn't join. We suggested that we join Kirk so that he's not driving alone, And there's an escape room in the airport city that Gregory and I have been to. Kirk, Gregory and I have done a bunch of escape rooms together, so the other two were really excited to go. We needed to make the room minimum, so we invited Matthew, 25M. Kirk would leave on Sunday morning and drop off his parcel. Matthew would drive Gregory and myself to the city. We picked a room Avery and I had done with cousins before. Everything was great and we made it out within the top 8 percent of players the fiasco is actually what didn't happen on saturday night kirk was talking to our friend and my sister avery about his plans for sunday kirk mentioned that we were going to the escape room and avery is livid she tried to call me but it was twelve thirty am so i didn't see her message in the morning i saw the missed call and messaged to see if everything was okay Avery went through a minor procedure on Thursday, so I thought it had something to do with that. Avery responds with, I'm in pain, and doesn't respond when I try to see if she needs anything. Now it's Sunday dinner. Kirk shows me some of the texts with Avery. He sent a screenshot where Avery said she wouldn't be available this weekend. Then Avery responded with her own screenshot two months ago in a group chat with Francis. No other relevance. Um, Avery did suggest taking a trip to the escape room, and Kirk said... Should we go to the escape room in our city so that we don't have to drive two hours? Convo then ended. Avery says that when she found out that we were actually down to do it, just not with her, it felt like a big F.U. Sunday night, I get home and Avery texts me. I'm still in pain and I'm going to take a sick week, which I interpreted as she was recovering from the procedure. So I responded that if she needs anything, food delivery, supplies, etc. No reply from Avery. Now it's Monday. Elise, 25F, asks if I talk to Avery because Avery is upset. My parents also told me I should make amends and that Avery told them she has a condition. She will not talk to me unless Kirk, Gregory and I apologise and promise to take her to the escape room in the other city, excluding Matthew. Am I the arsehole? I really don't know. Okay, so, what are your thoughts? Is the post of the arsehole for not bringing her sister to the escape room? Um, In my opinion, the poster probably is not the asshole. Avery initially told the group that she wouldn't be available for the weekend because she had friends coming into town, so it's understandable that the poster and her friends made plans without Avery. It seems like Avery is upset because she suggested going to the escape room in the other city two months ago, and the group didn't take her up on the offer. But it's important to know that the original plan for the weekend was to go on a hike in their city, not to go to an escape room. It's unfortunate that Avery is feeling left out and hurt, but it seems like the poster and her friends didn't intentionally exclude her. They made plans based on the information that they had at the time, which was that Avery was unavailable. It's always important to communicate clearly and openly with friends and family about plans and expectations. And it seems as though there was just a bit of a communication breakdown here. So what do you all think? Feel free to share your thoughts on our social media pages or send us an email at, at thepanicroom.net. Well folks, that's all we have time for on this episode of Locked in a Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this escape room journey. We touched on a lot today, from the transformation of our escape rooms at the Panic Room Harlow, Gravesend, and our Don't Panic store, to the emotional farewells, the new setups, and the new board game cafe. And of course, the always interesting moral dilemmas of escape room invitations from the Am I the Asshole subreddit. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd be absolutely thrilled if you could subscribe, save, share, and even leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Every little helps to grow our community and keep this show going. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode filled with more escape room stories, puzzles, and tips to enhance your gaming experience. We're continually blown away by your support. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. And until next time, just remember, don't panic.